station, but we're here for a real education. Welcome to A Real Education. I'm your host, Tim Wick. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, movie expert, Melissa Kersher. Hello! And we are joined by two movie novices today. Well, three, Well, 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 I'm not a novice. <laughs> we'll get to that. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. So we're joined by two movie novices. First, Tanya Warshaw. She's been with us before. Mm-hmm. And then we have a uh, podcast virgin, this podcast virgin, not podcast virgin in general. Uh, We have Noel Thingball with us today. And now, yes, uh, so you two have not seen the movie we're going to watch today, which is La Dolce Vita. And I, too, have not seen... La Dolce Vita. So, uh, that but but the thing is that I know possibly more about this film than the other two. I don't know. Possibly. We'll find out. Possibly. Um, but I'm not going to say what I know because I don't want to spoil it for them. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Tanya, what do you know about La Dolce Vita? Uh, it's Fellini, which it's, it's, means it's Italian. And it was before he made Eight and a Half. Oh, very there you good. Go. There very you go. good. Because right. that was the other episode I was on. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. True. Yes, you are our Fellini novice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Although I too am a uh, as much novice. of a Fellini Fellini <laughs> novice as it would turn out. I believe I'm now more of a novice than either of you. We. Yes. So Noel, what Pure. do you know about uh, La Dolce Vita? Assuming uh, that what Tanya said is either correct or incorrect, we will not <laughs> confirm or deny. I, I know again that it is it is Fellini. Uh, I, I believe... don't think we can keep that secret at this no, point. No, we we know it's. Fellini. <laughs> I believe it's Italian. <laughs> That, I'm gonna hide my paper. That we can keep secret. All right. Okay. And th- this will be my first Fellini movie. I'm I'm assuming that either the story or the production of the film will involve mistresses. Oh. <laughs> Given that it's Fellini. Okay. Okay. I know a lot about Fellini. I've just never seen any films. Fair enough. <laughs> oh, fair oh. enough. Is yeah. there is there a chick in a fountain of champagne? Oh. Mm, we shall find out. There might be. There might be. So, um, I do, I know the film's set in Rome. I know it predates Eight and a Half. I know it's uh, kind of a transition from Fellini's more realistic period to his more uh, weird period. Um, Well placed. Stylized. Stylized. Yes. Stylized. uh, Surreal. Surreal, (laughs) I believe, is one of the ways that they put it. Uh, As I said, uh, I know it's set in Rome. I'm actually looking forward to that. Having been to Rome, I'm hoping Mm -hmm. I'll see places I know. Um, Fun. Or uh, at least recognize some. I think I know. I I don't know. (laughs) I believe Uh, I saw a Mary Kate and Ashley movie set in Rome. Yeah. Uh, right. And it's, you know, I imagine it's it's a lot like Roman Holiday, only without Gregory Peck. So, uh, or Audrey Hepburn. Or Audrey Hepburn. Mm. No, well, there might be Audrey Hepburn. There's a lot of women in this film, but there are probably, many yeah. women. Um, really? So one of them, one of them could be Audrey nope. Hepburn. It's hard to say. Now, the <laughs> other thing that I think I know, and let, let and Melissa will have to correct me if, if I'm wrong, is uh, Melissa, don't you just really hate this movie? <laughs> I really dislike this movie. So, so Yay. of the of the four. <laughs> Of the four, of the four people watching this film, three of us have not seen it, and one of us has seen it and really fucking despises it. So it is, it is a very well-made film that I do not like. All right, it's very much like Night of the Hunter in that regard. So I, I have only seen it once before. I'm hoping to revisit it and see things that I didn't see before and enjoy it in some other manner. Or, so, or hate them in a new way. Or hate it in a brand fresh new way, and we can have a very exciting discussion. A fresh, hateful discussion. Yes. About uh, the, 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 the Dolce Vita. So um, what we will do then, uh, as is our want, we shall retire from the basement studios. We shall go to the television room and we will watch La Dolce Vita. And then through the magic of editing, we will return in mere seconds. Right after this Nina Rota music. I fucking hate this movie. I still fucking hate this movie. <laughs> I really do. Agreed. <laughs> it was not, it was not my intent to 
to lead people down the, the same path I like, followed in hating this movie. I was I was genuinely I, hoping that like I'd see something new in no, it okay, and you guys like, would but we, get, we got it, to share. We it got to, has moments. There's a, there's a certain vindication I do feel right it, now. It has moments. It's, and okay, so I will say. And we are back. <laughs> <laughs> Many parties have been God damn. held. Many Timing. women have been uh, Be chickened oh. covered in feathers. Uh, many, many expletives oh. have been uttered, uttered and Bye more us. maybe. So, um, <laughs> we have three newbies and we have one uh, person who uh, had seen the film before and hated it. And as you might have caught from the, the advanced little little sort of the tease that I just left in there, it is, it is entirely possible that, uh, that at least two people came out of this experience not liking the movie anymore than Melissa did going in. Third, so, third, third. so rather... <laughs> So rather unconventionally, why don't we start with Melissa? <laughs> Melissa, why did you think? <laughs> oh, fuck this movie. Fuck um, it. Uh, fuck this movie. Every, every 174 I, minutes of it, what did you think of oh it? Oh, God. I, I swear, guys, I'm so sorry. I did not remember it was that long. I, I get to parts where it's like, there, there are sequences I really do like. The, the whole religious sequence in the middle, the one with mm-hmm. the, the where they're chasing after the the kids are chasing after an invisible Virgin Mary. I really kind of love that sequence. It, it's um, I, I feel like it encapsulates a lot of what the movie is talking about, but mm-hmm. does it without like poking me in the eyes and <laughs> in the spaghetti. In the spaghetti. <laughs> yes. Spaghetti bolognese. <laughs> It's my house. It's bolognese, and and there are, there are themes that you know I caught this time around that it's it's a really interestingly constructed movie in mm-hmm. what it's trying to say, and it's and in saying that it's a really well done movie in that I don't think it is approving of any of the actions of these characters. It but and it's really good at making us not like them at all because they're all shallow and it's completely aware that they're shallow and it's making us understand that they're shallow and god i just hate i, I hate everybody but it does spend a long time telling us that they're yeah shallow. it feels it feels like they're the point might have been made at minute i'm gonna argue five <laughs> um, yeah and and then then there were uh, uh from what i understand 169 minutes left yes um <laughs> You know, and I, I, I uh, as, as we were sitting there watching the movie and everybody was kind of uh, expressing their, their <laughs> displeasure with the experience, I was working very hard to try and be the devil's advocate to support this film. And, uh, you know, because, because you know, it's considered to be a classic. It's yeah, supposed yeah. to be a great movie. And, and yet I found that I was having what I like to describe as the Ben-Hur experience. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Oh, wow. The Ben-Hur experience for me, as I can recall, was sitting down to watch Ben-Hur, which was supposed to be this classic film, and it had Charlton Heston. And I I think Charlton Heston is bombastic and ridiculous. He is. is fucking awesome. And Damn I watched, right, I am. And, and <laughs> Ben-Hur, which is also a three-hour movie, um, I, I just hated it all. <laughs> yeah. I just hated all of Ben-Hur. And we got to the chariot race, and I was like, does this thing ever fucking end? <laughs> Are they they shot this in real time, didn't they? It was like it was it, it's like the the chariot race in Ben Hur. If you watch that and then you watch the pod race in the Phantom Menace, the pod race in the Phantom Menace will suddenly seem better. That's anyway. So, wow. so have you seen the remake of Ben Hur? No, I haven't. <laughs> I haven't, and, and I, I feel no need to do so, although I'm sure that there's a chariot race. And, but anyway, so, but that was my impression. I watched, and I know many people that like Ben-Hur. Uh, and so here I was watching La Dolce, Dolce Vita, and I was like, I am going to figure out a way to say that I liked this movie, just so it wasn't four of us bitching about it how much we didn't like it which is different than saying it sucks it's yes. hard to argue that this film sucks it, it just it eats a lot of spaghetti suck. it just it, it sucks my will to live but, but uh, that's different 
I that must, is different. I must <laughs> confess that, uh, try as I might, the best that I can say about the film is uh, it is beautifully shot. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. gorgeous. Uh, and uh, there were some lovely Rome locations that I was mm-hmm. like, ooh, I've been there, and that mm-hmm. was kind of neat. Uh, I've worst, seen a Dan Brown thriller. The worst I can... <laughs> The worst I can say about this film is that uh, I was playing games on my phone in the middle of a subtitled film yeah. where I didn't understand what the characters were saying and I never felt like I was missing <laughs> anything. Yeah. Uh, so, there we go. That's my thoughts. Uh, Tanya, you, okay. you, you look like you have something to say. Well, okay, so what I want to say is having seen Eight and a Half first... Yeah. I'm glad I did it that way. Yes, I'm. I'm very glad that you had the chance to enjoy eight and a half. I d- well, very- I almost kind of enjoy eight and a half more now. Yeah, because it's- technically, like eight and a half can kind of be like a sequel to this one. Yeah, in which the main character realizes what a jerk he was in this one mm-hmm. and tries to make up for it, and then goes batshit nuts, and that's a fun movie. Yeah, at the end. And and I, I feel like, you know, this this movie was made three years before Eight and a Half, and I feel like Eight and a Half is the distilled version of this. And yeah, and, and the character actually does learn a lesson at the end. And she does. and there's and there's a certain shift in tone in Eight and a Half where there's a certain ridiculous joy in I it. I almost I almost think Fellini was trying to do similar things. Yeah. And he learned how to edit himself and make it like condense things mm-hmm. into each other because mm-hmm. like eight and a half i think he had scenes where he was trying to do similar things that he did in this movie mm-hmm. but he was able to do it like three or four on top of each other yeah and so it doesn't feel like it's dragging you down in the same way right so this is like right. the experience he had to get under his belt in order kind to get of. to that point yeah i, I also of. have to say Hooray for animals in this movie because they kept me interested. Yeah. Like at one point there was a kitten on someone's head and then a random horse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there was a there was a herd of kitten. sheep. There was there, there were sheep and there, there were was, the dogs. There were cat girls, yeah. which I very much the enjoyed. Dogs that were struggling I was okay to get away. with that. Yeah, the, um, the dogs going, uh uh-uh, uh, I don't want any. Yeah, part the of dogs this. were not not into the movie. <laughs> but I did love that the cat was used as fashion. It yeah. was. It was mm-hmm. a very beautiful cat yes. hat. Very um, beautiful. You know, I think and and you know, I love moments where the characters kind of glance off of reality. It's like they they start to have a moment where they're actually interacting like a real human might. <laughs> and then it's it's an interesting commentary in all this. There there are a lot of things I also like about the sequence with Anita Ekberg, the, the buxom model, oh, uh, right. wandering around Rome at night with the cat on her head. And like she has this very genuine moment of you know having this affection mm-hmm. for this cat, but then she sees the fountain and is like, "Cat's over there." Yeah, <laughs> she fuck, totally fuck the cat. Fuck the cat. I'm gonna go cat. waiting in the Trevi yeah. fountain. But then you know even that moment kind of has its own magic to it because you know first of all Anita Ekberg in a fountain, and and um, God, I, I can never pronounce his name, but uh, the the lead dude. Um, Mastriani. Yeah. <laughs> and he, he follows her into the fountain and then there's that kind of time stops and sound mm-hmm. stops and he's like that was he's brilliant. like reaching to he he wants woman but not like a person. Yeah. And he never at, actually obtains that understanding. Mm-hmm. But that that moment where the time just slips away and the the sound slips away and suddenly it's morning again is I think a really striking moment in film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the movie has this this the, the thematic thing where it's it's a series of of nights moving into morning, and it feels mm-hmm. like the there's this this falseness to every all the oh, characters God, yeah. at night, and the closer to dawn it gets, the more real they are, yeah. and the mm-hmm. more and 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 just about all the things that are that you want to say are real are happening. In the daytime. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, for sure. it's dragging the fish out of the sea. It's meeting the the woman getting off the bus to tell right. her that her husband just and with just all shot these her. photographers oh, just taking oh. pictures of her, which is, it, I mean, it's this hideous moment. Horrifying. It, and and um, well done. And and you know, yeah. it's almost like, it's almost like there's just too much other stuff going on. It, it's yeah. like the focus is in the wrong places. It, it's like it's. All the all the interesting stuff is happening in the background, but it's not even the movie is dwelling on 
it's what it's focusing on so much that you don't get to focus on the stuff in the background. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we've seen how, um, how I'm, I'm trying to think of the right word, how, the, how awful, and it's not the right word that I want, but how awful these, these paparazzi are. We've mm-hmm. seen the way they, you know, with the, with the, the whole thing with the kids mm-hmm. having having seen the Virgin Mary, you know, over and over again we see these care the, these this 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 mass yeah. being portrayed as as negative, and yet you know you've got this moment where uh, you know the police officer should be telling those photographers to get the fuck out of there before the mom shows up. Yeah, but they probably bribed the cops. Probably. In fact, or something. You, when they're at the crime scene, you have the one cop on the phone telling the reporters all the details. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, leeches. Not. Yeah, not, but, and it, but, and it's it, and it's the thing that I find really striking just about the the religious sequence in the middle with the kids and the you know running around after the virgin, it's the um, everybody's running after this thing that's imaginary mm-hmm. or you know he, the the priest oddly enough is the one person going no this is all bullshit yeah i mean the people, yeah. characters yeah. are saying it doesn't matter if it it's doesn't matter it's it this is this is bullshit but the, you know people desperately want to believe in, and they're really because they're chasing after something that doesn't exist they are harming other people they are shredding what they love they well, are and, and they, they, kill, tr- they by kill a child they <laughs> kill a child there are sick people you know out in the rain well, and the commentary on yeah. that you know in conjunction with the commentary on what we do to celebrities oh, or yeah. what paparazzi do to celebrities yeah, i mean absolutely. everybody wants celebrity everybody thinks that being successful and famous is what they want mm-hmm. but we see what it does to people what what that kind of attention yeah, how it rips the humanity out. It's the same way as like when they destroy the tree; they're destroying the thing that they worship. Yeah, in worshiping it. Yeah. But then it's interesting that it then portrays the celebrities as inhuman, vapid people who kind of deserve it. <laughs> it I don't yeah. quite get. It's a film where I don't quite get what its point is. It's wandering around a whole bunch of issues without really nailing any of them down. Well, you know, and there, I there, think... there's a, been a lot of discussion about stuff. I mean, yeah. the, the, there if you um, I mean, read I, a I, lot I, about this movie, there's there's a whole lot of talk about like uh, there are seven sequences. It's seven nights and into day, and there's like seven sacraments and seven deadly sins. Yeah, and, like, they're supposed to like be each. There's a lot of talk around with, without any. No, and I get all those underlying things, like, but it's just what yeah. is the main mass? Of right. It? What is the point? Yeah. Does it matter? Well, that's that's part of the problem. I mean, the point is it seems to be a journey of sorts for our main character, Marcello, except Mm -hmm. he's not going anywhere. Right. He's he's circling the drain almost. Yeah. Um, And he, you know, what what you get is that he is comfortable within this this setting with it surrounded by these people, but he's not. And he, but he's not happy there. Yeah, and he doesn't know what's going to make him happy. And maybe the only thing that's going to make him happy is the one, the one woman who's too much like him in that she can't commit to him as much as he can't commit to her. Mm-hmm. And the one moment that they have where they nearly commit, they they don't. Yeah. Um. And, and they're not even in the same room with one. Oh, another. that yeah. woman. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Not his, I had to not figure out his, which woman it was. Not, yeah. not his girlfriend. All his lovers no. look alike. Oh god, to me. The, oh, and there's the, a that pair. Oh Jesus. <laughs> oh yeah, his uh, his, <clears throat> his girlfriend, girlfriend. That, yeah, that's like Emma. That, both of them would be safer far away from each other. I mean, and she's an awful person too. Yeah. I mean, we tend yeah, to I mean, side with when, her. When but, he, when he dumps things, her, he's doing a good thing for both of them. But then yeah. he goes back and he picks her up. Yeah. yeah. Which I, I suppose, mean, I mean, you're supposed to be, I can't believe that your response to that scene is supposed to be, oh, good. I'm glad they're getting back together. Yeah, yeah. No, I, uh, I have no, to no, believe no. that you're supposed to be going, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> yes. I, and did and, you and, say that? Yeah. <laughs> oh, and we really did. But the the thing that I, I find interesting that, you know, watching that those scenes from a modern context, it's like the woman is also just awful it's not she's i know it's better for you i you know i truly love you and this will make you happy it's like you know he's not having any of that you know she's just trying to put love coins in the machine and expecting to get a relationship out of it but if he's not into it it 
it's not yeah. gonna work, yeah. lady. I mean, it'll but hurt, that's what but she's leave. been taught to do. Yeah, I know, but I still. mean, like at every point, like when she asks people, like that's what they tell her to do. Like mm-hmm. one of the two of them but, needs but to rip not, off the bandaid, and but he, it's still not right. He it, seems yeah. like he's ripping off the bandaid, but she knows that he's not because she's just standing there waiting for him mm-hmm. with the flowers and and smoking a cigarette, and she, sure enough, so he comes unhealthy. back. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, and you know, I guess. I recognize that there's that, that that's all part of the story that's being told. Yeah. You know, and yet when you get into these parties with these awful people saying awful things and just being boorish. Yeah. It's really. Yeah. So do you ever think that Fellini just thought life was just awful? Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm, gu- th- I'm guessing there's a lot of elements of this that are very autobiographical. From oh, yeah, oh, oh, for sure. Right? Yeah. There were probably people in the movie that were playing themselves. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. And but what was interesting though about you know talking about the relationships with women is that neither neither of the women is involved in the climactic half hour of the movie. Mm-hmm. None of them are involved in that party, and the final woman is the mysterious teenage girl that he had a creepy scene with. Well, I, I think she. <laughs> represents a, a normal, normal fuller life that he can't yeah. see access or yeah. access or or i mean i think it's telling that like the gulf between them when she's trying to communicate mm-hmm. with him and he's like I, I don't understand i mean there there's water in the channel but obviously he could just step down there and walk over there but he doesn't yeah yeah he totally didn't have a problem going into the fountain right Whatever, dude. I totally wanted a Sam Jackson Deep Blue Sea moment there. Yeah, I did want the, the <laughs> monster to come alive and eat them all. That was, I feel bad for that poor... Was it a ray or a skate? Whatever it was, it was I a, feel It bad was a rubberized it. model. Yeah, um, yeah I, it, was, I, I, it was not real. It looked like a big lungfish. They called it a monster, and I, you know, I don't think there wasn't supposed just... to. We, we weren't supposed to know what it was. I think. Oh yeah, it just was, oh, it was fish. supposed to be like a metaphorical monster of like. Yeah, it's supposed. Yeah, to... I mean, it was supposed to be a real fish, but well, it's supposed to like mirror the the opening sequence with the Jesus in the the helicopter. Oh yeah, this movie oh, opens with Jesus. That's right. Yeah. I forgot about flying Jesus because it was like. Four, Four fucking hours, hours ago. ago. So, yeah. so flying Jesus, you know, is back, back beautiful. When we started this miniseries. You know, I I was super glad for that one woman who was like, "No, you can't have our phone number." Yeah, I'm really proud of her now. Yeah, yeah. fuck you, go away. <laughs> Take your Jesus. Take your flying Jesus with you. <laughs> but it, I, but it's the you know the the Jesus flying over Rome is. Yeah. Beautiful, but the false. Ruins and, then, of Rome. and then you've got the rotten Jesus. fish at the end, which is mm-hmm. at least real. Yeah. So it's just. Eh. There's. I, yeah, I could unpack this for a really long time. Yeah, yeah. And and for a movie I really hate, I think about it a lot. I know! <laughs> and I, it galls me! It galls me, it totally does. I totally understand. <laughs> but so much of the movie, as he says, just it's a part. Parties full of vapid people just having nonsensical discussions about nothing. Mm-hmm. Like, you know. Who gave birth to the sun? It's like it's like <laughs> it's like Seinfeld but boring. Yeah, yeah. Um, the dresses are way better in the, this the movie. The dresses though. are I'll fabulous. Agree. To be fair, that's actually why I never got into Seinfeld. No, I didn't either. But that, I mean, <laughs> because the dresses were boring. <laughs> yeah, really. Well. Really, the war. Sein, if Seinfeld had had the wardrobe that La Dolce Vita had, I would, I would be a have been more there more for yeah. that for mm. sure. I was never a Seinfeld mm. guy. If Seinfeld but I think, was I think all about those, gowns. For those yeah. who enjoy Seinfeld, La Dolce Vita is a lot like Seinfeld <laughs> in that they're talking about nothing. Yeah. There, there isn't a lot of they, bass. Yeah, mm-hmm. not a lot yeah. of bass. But it's it, but uh, Seinfeld is at least much much shorter when you watch. There, there, there was, was that, shorter, yeah. There was yeah that, I suppose if you watched like a season. It would be equivalent. Yeah. There was that time or Jerry went feel, to a friend's yeah. apartment who shot both of his children and then himself. He's like, what's the deal with that? You know? That, yeah, there's that, moment, <laughs> there's that moment again where it gets real, where we have this 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 illusion of, of the perfect one of my favorite scenes, life yes. being, being stripped away. <laughs> and then the movie kind of... And then we're given a time where now this character has given up on... Pretty much everything is except a result he of loved that. the feathers. Then he just really got into feathers. Yeah, he was throwing feathers and getting drunk. Yeah, 
just. Uh. I mean, I, I, and to talk about moments, that was actually one of my favorite moments of the movie was the whole suicide discovery because it was yeah. like just suddenly gripping. There were consequences. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. genuinely con- well, confronting you with these her like the there harsh were consequences. Not to that him. But. We were pushed away from. Yeah. Yeah. By the paparazzi, like yeah. because we're left the the scene ends where we're still with the the, the audience is still with the cameras. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like w- the cameras never get to see anything real. They're always trying to, but they never get to mm-hmm. see anything. Sure, they real. get pictures of the right. of the wife before she knows anything. Yeah, you know, pictures of her smiling, surprised. Yeah. They don't get to see the real consequences of what's what's taken place. And we cut from that and to then, another party. And then we cut from that to that final party where we see our main character who has essentially rejected the lesson of that moment. Yeah. Uh, who is who is moved away from it, moved away from what he did. You've got that last moment where you've got somebody who is there to connect him back to yeah. what value he could get from that friend who was saying you should write you should be trying to write this novel that you you are good mm-hmm. yeah. you have talent you have skill you need to just get out there and do it and the lesson that he takes from all that he can't hear i mean that's the yeah that's the metaphor of that moment um all good stuff yeah, and of course we get that earlier too. It's where we follow him and his father for this incredibly ridiculously long time, yes. and then his father has this this health episode. Yeah, where it's like you know the father is basically what this character is going to grow up to be, mm-hmm. and he's basically being confronted with his own mortality. And it just keeps going right back to that life. Well, he's know? being confronted with his father, who he never saw, who he never knew. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Seeing him as a charming man who wants to hook up with a showgirl that he already to... hooked up with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but but still seeing him as 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 having never really reached for anything real or special. Yeah, yeah, uh, and having failed at life in some sort of way as a result. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it it and it's not about well you know he got married and blah 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 and lived an ordinary life. That's not even it. It's that. You know, he's an eloquent, mm-hmm. interesting man yeah. who, from what we understand, sold champagne. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and yeah. and you feel like there's there's that reflection of the the son and the father. Uh, I mean, all those all those pieces are there, but they, it it all ends up taking so long. And it, I mean, I don't know and, if that's and you know it's such a grind. You know to what's get funny? To. Like for as much as we weren't paying attention necessarily, or we're complaining about the movie. We caught a hell of a lot. Well, yeah, it yeah. was all, like I said, you oh, get it all really yeah. quickly. That's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, okay, I got it. Yeah. I, got, I got that he has failed to learn the lesson from this idol of his killing himself and his children. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Got it. And the movie's over in 20 minutes. So is there <laughs> another lesson that we're supposed to... Nope, nope, nope. same one. Nope. Okay. Uh... Thank God we're free. Oh, oh, I know. This movie should be shown to teenagers to prove to them that nothing good happens at a party after 2 a.m. See, but they'll just focus on the But that's a lie. That is absolutely a lie. Lots of great things happen at parties after 2 a.m. At these parties, good happened after 2 a.m. Teenagers would think the beach scene at the end was awesome. (laughs) No, no. no, They would think the chicken is awesome. No, teenagers would have tuned out a long time before the beach scene at the end of this movie. I know, but that's when they would have woken up. Um, no, I think they would have woken up for Anita Eckberg. At least the, the well, male straight ones. Yes. <laughs> no. Oh, hey, representation. There was representation in this movie. Yes, there were there were black. People. I was there were black. There were people of color. Mm-hmm. There were people of not heterosexual yes. persuasions. Yes, all over the place. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. super yay for the movie characters. for that. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. See, we found a good thing. Yay! Yeah. There, there are many good things. There, there are many <laughs> good things. There, there are many there's good things. Design, there's design. There's, there's cinematography. There's, there's yeah. some musical numbers that were really nice. <gasps> the balloon. The Bach Fugue! Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and it just comes out of nowhere. Yeah. 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 Well, well, it comes after jazz. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I promise not to do the jazz again. Jazz are the 
Jazz on a church organ. It was pretty. See, epic. I don't know. I feel good. like I should make the interstitial music, the t- the Bach, Toccata, and Fugue. But anyway, um, <laughs> I still think it should be Girl from Ipanema. All right, yeah, we sucked at that. That one did there, not there are a lot of well. points. Yeah, I almost feel, I mean, you know, cutting this movie down would help. But, I, I mean, talking about the fact that I, 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 I didn't need to look at the subtitles, which, I mean, I almost feel like there are times where this movie could have been a silent film and I wouldn't have lost any of the meaning of it. Well, yeah, which, I, which I think is really a testament you to how... You would have lost so many of the discussions. It's visually instructed. <laughs> I, well, I mean, like, when you say that, it makes me think of, like, Tati and um, the other Fellini movie, because they, they have multiple languages mm-hmm. to uh-huh. the point that you kind of don't need to pay attention to one particular language. Right. Right. I do like how this movie played with multiple language, too. Yeah. How they were constantly yeah. cutting it out. You'd have some people who can understand both, mm-hmm. some people who can't. Mm-hmm. Which makes sense in a European setting anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, there's also almost an Altman-esque quality to it in the sense that there are these conversations that are going on. We're getting bits and pieces, not always the entire conversation. It's just picking out, you know, oh, one person says this here, one person says that there, and they don't necessarily all all tie together. They don't. Some of them t- are telling stories that we're not going to hear any more than that mm-hmm. two, you know, two-line exchange. Um and uh, and it, it's all, you know, I mean, pretty boring. <laughs> it's, it's vapid. It's vapid. It's, 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 <laughs> <laughs> though you mentioned Altman, I'd be fascinated to see Fellini's Mash. Huh. Oh my God! Still set in Rome for some reason. No, I should have just been writing down like every every fifteen minutes. Noel would say, "I would like to see Fellini direct." This. Well, this one, I, like, I would love I to would see. I would like to see Fellini's Silver Suit. I would, like, I would to, like to see. I would say, let's see Fellini do a Christmas special with Lawrence Welk. Yeah, that was the weirdest one. <laughs> that bubble was. The bubble. It would be in luxurious black and white. It would be. It would. I mean, just just really <laughs> gorgeous. I mean, it's sexy black and white. It this is. Black and white photography is yeah. goddamn sexy. Yeah. It just it just caresses every. Every corner of people and things. Every curve. Every say, curl in that guy's no, glorious beard. Has anybody besides me been to the Trevi Fountain in Rome? No. Nope. Okay, so the thing that's amazing to me about that moment is Trevi is, is located inside a, a just... It's almost a... It's not a cul-de-sac, but it's like a conjunction of like five different streets coming in from different angles because yeah. nothing in Rome is at right angles. Sure. Yeah. Um, and... There's maybe from the point those those in like one corner is a church. There's there's three gelateries. One of them super good. <laughs> uh, and did you and, try all three? Fuck yes. <laughs> our, our, our trip to Rome here. Let me let me just quickly get off the get off the because who needs to talk about this movie? Let me get off. Let me get yes, off. Tell on us a, about the gelato. Uh, tell us, tell let, us about the gelato. Let's board the minivan to Tangentville. So we would. <laughs> We, it's we not went to we went to Rome us in the style of a Fellini. Party. We went to Rome. No. <laughs> I'm doing that by you interjecting. It works. So um, the that we stayed in this little hotel about two blocks from the Colosseum, and we spent all day walking. And we would just pick a direction and walk. And we walked miles and miles. And the way the way our meals worked was like this: we would eat a breakfast at the hotel. There was a continental breakfast. Around lunchtime, we would find a gelateria and we would eat gelato that was our lunch not a big thing of gelato just a little thing of gelato and then around about six o'clock we would wherever we were we would just find a cafe that had pasta and we would eat pasta for dinner Mm -hmm. and then around 9 p.m we would have gelato again (laughs) (laughs) that sounds amazing and i have to say by the way if you've had gelato in italy and you've had gelato anywhere else you will never want gelato anywhere else again. Right. They know how to make it in Italy. I don't know why, but anyway. <laughs> so, so yeah, there's these gelateries right by the by the Trevi Fountain. I don't know if they were there when the film was being shot in 1959, but the point is, these roads come in, and there's maybe 20 feet between where they they come in and the fountain itself. There's not a lot of space mm-hmm. for them to make that shot look like that fountain 
isn't surrounded by anything. I mean, from where he set the camera, it mm, looks yeah. like the fountain is in this gigantic square that must stretch back for for 100 feet, but it's not. <laughs> it's not. The, and and right at, and and I, you know, he, I don't know how he managed to get it sh- shoot the Trevi Fountain where nobody was there because that never happened and we did some late night walks yeah. in Rome. It was a very deserted Rome. Um, yeah. Yeah, well, and I well, did say I, while watching explanations for some of that. I okay. did say while watching the movie, and we went to the Trevi Fountain a lot. But the most amazing day was when there was this amazing, just torrential downpour of mm-hmm. rain, and all of the water in Rome apparently flows to the Trevi Fountain when it rains. And in the movie, you know, you see him sitting on that stone bench, to take off his shoes, and go waiting in the fountain. And and the night we were there. Uh, and there are now lights that are installed along along that those benches. Mm-hmm. Um, the night we were there, it was flooded above those benches. That's how heavy it was oh, raining. Wow! And it was like, you know, one of those downpours that normally only lasts five minutes, but it lasted an hour. Yeah. Mm. And it was it was amazing. Just you know, with the lights under the water. Yeah. It was. <laughs> it's it, like electrocution have, central. Yay! I, I have some amazingly blurry pictures of that. <laughs> I'll be, I'll be happy to pull up on my computer and show you, and it will not will not ma- bring you any bring any justice to it. But anyway, so Trevi Fountain, yeah. uh, the, the, so just they, the, the they way shot. they shot mm-hmm. that to look like it was in a place that it is not, and I I was impressed by that. They shot that over seven nights, I think it was. What? It, it took them forever to get that they shot, and, did. and it was in winter, so uh, uh, there was uh, Anita Eda- Ekberg. Anita Ekberg. In that dress. Oh, my God. In the fountain in winter all night. And she was fine. She's Swedish. She's fine. Yeah. <laughs> whereas, she just went to the sauna. Whereas Marcelo mentioned, yeah, Oni, uh, he... Marcello. <laughs> Marcello. 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 He was, he was in a wetsuit <laughs> under his suit. And he still was really irritated. So they just poured vodka into him. <laughs> Until he do the scene. Marcello, Marcello Mastroianni. 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 Because, I mean, it's go. Italian. It's pronounced just like it looks. I, I got to um, channel which, my inglorious bastards moments. It's which sounds Mastroianni. Like a, which sounds like a pasta you would eat as a euphemism for fanning. It does. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yes. Um, yes. I, uh, so. <laughs> Bolognese. You know, uh, we could. So maybe it's. Is, is it time for final thoughts? Oh, I, I want more yeah, trivia. Any, any more production? Yeah, there, there's a little oh, bit. Oh, you have I some mean, trivia? I oh. have some. I have all some. Right, all right. Um, so I think I mentioned this during the eight and a half episode. The word paparazzi comes from this movie because right. of the character paparazzo. Right. So uh, that this is ground zero for that term. And um, apparently uh, paparazzo in a... Uh, one dialect of Italian means sparrow, and so Fulina mm. named him that because he thought of them like hopping around on the ground. Sure, makes sense to me. Um, this movie was banned in Spain until 1975. They had to wait for Franco to die. Why didn't? What? what I don't know why. Probably because well, he thought it was boring. They objected to the life. Franco was like, uh, nobody in my in my country should be subjected to this. <laughs> if you can't bring it in under 90, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, to Noel's point about it's a very deserted Rome, many, many, many of the locations are shot in a studio. Okay. Like a lot of the, the stuff that looks like streets. They built 80 locations in studio. God. Yeah. So it was uh, uh, really, it, I didn't write down Well, the I didn't think director, the hospital but... looked natural. No. That was an amazing drive-up hospital. Oh, my God. I that drive-up hospital. That was amazing. Because it had stairs, like, with the... Oh, that was that, cool. That, there, I mean, there, so, there are yeah. moments that he makes choices that are so... And, and that's why, you know, it, it is it is this transition from realism to surrealism. Like, when he's having that that huge argument with his girlfriend on the road, and there's just this bank of lights yeah. Yeah. in the middle of the road yep. that doesn't make any sense nope. at all. I actually yeah. think that's a comment on the artifice of it all. Yeah, well, it, it very well be. could be. But yeah. I mean, like that hospital, that looked like the office building from the Tati movie. It totally did. It, it had that just 
sterile blatant mm-hmm. artificiality. Yeah, yeah. I, I did. I did miss the uh, Pope in a spa from Eight and a Half. I kind of wanted that. <laughs> oh, to, I don't. We all to show up here. That <laughs> oh, been nice. There's a Pope in a spa. Pope. You said yeah, there is a there is a Pope in a spa. See, Fellini should not be ignored. A pampered Pope. Even if you hate this movie, it's true. It's true. It's it's absolutely worth watching it's, this movie. Is it like the Pope with like a mud mask and cucumbers? You'll, kind of, you'll have to watch Eight and a Half and yeah, find out. I think I think you would really enjoy Eight and a Half. Actually, should I watch Eight and a Half or Nine? Nine is not Eight and a Half. Nine is not Eight and a Half. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> I'm guessing that's another episode. So, <laughs> oh boy, what I, else? I have, what dip- I have some depressing trivia. Okay. Oh, so, good. <laughs> so, <laughs> wait, wait, I'll, is it time for Melissa's tragic death? Yeah. Oh, oh, TM? oh or is it? Is this where we get to Lex Barker? This is where we get to Lex Barker. Yeah. I'll, I'll take him on first, and then we'll go to somewhat happier tragedies. Yeah. <laughs> so Lex Barker uh, was the tall American boyfriend. Of oh, the, 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 the Tarzan guy. The Tarzan guy. He, yes, he was Tarzan. He played Tarzan in five films in the late forties, early fifties, yeah. and um, started uh, in a whole bunch of Italian swashbucklers. Too. Yeah, yeah. He he. He had a movie career that spanned actually many countries. Okay. He was very horrible for a he, long time. He was time, like one of those like whenever you see like an American in Italian movie yeah, or, yeah. or like where Nick exactly. Adams was in all the Japanese yeah, yeah. movies. Yeah. So he did like five Tarzan films at the beginning of his career and he wrote that for a while. Well, um in the he he kind of came to that life. This is kind of interesting. He was the son of a very very rich stockbroker. But when he went into acting, he was disinherited by the entire family. So <laughs> yeah. he was on his own. But then he got you know, he he was a strapping young man, so he got the uh, 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 he picked up the Tarzan gig after Weissmuller was done, and uh, that did well for him. And then in like the late fifties, he married Lana Turner. Ah, and didn't uh, a lot of people marry Lana Turner? A lot of people, like seven people, married yeah. Lana yeah. Turner, and it didn't go well for. Pretty Any much all of them. them. <laughs> but, but, Probably but not for her either. Let, to be oh fair. God, no, 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 no. Because um, oh, what yeah. happens? <laughs> Um, her, uh, Turner's daughter accused him of raping her. <gasps> That's that guy. And, well, I'll get over oh, the course of on. years. Over over the course of years, and and when she spoke up about it, Lana Turner threw him out at gunpoint. So yeah. go her, mm-hmm. and divorce happened and everything. And then uh, shortly after, she started dating Johnny Stampinato, the gangster, and th- who met his unfortunate end because her daughter stabbed him to death. So mm. that's how that all folded out. So, huh. Lex yep. Barker, I do not like. Anyway. So no tragic end, who gives a fuck? Yeah, yeah. His, his career died soon after the... Uh, allegations. What? Well, I don't think they ever let the allegations. No, it out. was the daughter wrote a tell-all book. Years oh, later. that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So but then, I, I think after the beginning shot out, sent out at gunpoint by Lana Turner, just there was a whole tabloid scandal. Around. Yeah, and then yeah. He, he was like persona non grata. So, uh, yeah, you know that happened. Um, Anita Ekberg, um, she was a interesting little lady. She was Swedish. She was elected Miss Sweden in 1950. Um, had a very long film career, like covering about 50 years, but unfortunately she was always hired more for her curviness, which was legendary. She had talent. Yeah, she had talent. And I actually kind of, this was where... They're holding their hands in front of their breasts, listeners, I'm sorry. She did it herself in the movie. She doesn't have talent. No, but when they say mm-hmm. she had talent, there. Anyway, never mind. Go on. Yeah, and yeah. and you know, like being lifted above everybody's heads yeah. with a, a volume. Her chest. There's a pl- is a really flame accentuated on the she side was, of her face. She was buxom. <laughs> she's very buxom. Yes, but uh, and and gorgeous, and and she's actually kind of delightful in the movie. She she's is. It's like she's just giggly and happy, and she plays with the kitty, and she plays with the kitty, and then discards the kitty. But and just <laughs> as empty and vapid as ever. <laughs> yeah, really. But at least she feels like she's taking genuine joy from that, mm-hmm. even though she's like endlessly distracted by everything. Yeah. So there's a certain delight in her mm-hmm. character, which I enjoy because nobody like, else seems delighted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then Lex Barker hits her and we never see her again. Yeah, which is... Sad. Well, and that's foreshadowing for what happened in real life, isn't <sighs> yeah. it? Anyway, never mind. But anyway, um, she she wound up with a contract with Howard Hughes that really never went anywhere. Um, 
prior to this. And so this was her big breakout moment in this movie. And so after that, she was hired very regularly for a good long while as a very buxom, lovely lady. <laughs> and uh, she retired from acting in 2002. In uh, December 2011, uh, she sadly was destitute. Mm-hmm. She, um, she broke her leg and spent three months in a hospital in the, during which her home was robbed and then uh, her home caught on fire oh. and she applied for help from the Fellini Foundation and unfortunately they were broke too so it, hmm. unfortunately she yeah. passed away a couple years later. She, she lasted until uh, January 2015 so okay. she died only are there any other tragic ends that we should know about from this movie? Well, uh, let's see. Somebody else who died in 2015 was Magali Noel, who played Fanny, the the oh, woman who was sure. infatuated with the dad. Uh-huh. Uh, she was in uh, Rafifi. Thank you. Yes. I was like, yes. where have I seen her? I yeah, Rafifi, yeah. Okay. which is Rafifi. A, which is an amazing movie. I still need to see Rafifi. Yes, you do. Uh, she was also in a really remarkable French movie called Z, like the letter Z. I've heard of that. Yeah, mm. 19, it's really hard to find only because it's hard to Google <laughs> the letter Z. But it, it was made in 1969. It's this great French political crime drama thing that pe- more people need to know about. Um, also in the movie, uh, Anouk Amy, who played Madalena. Sure. Uh, the the woman who uh, was professing her love and they got, got distracted. They all look yes. alike to me. Uh, uh, she was the one yeah. in the in the sparkly black with the fountain and the yeah. she and, was and the, rich uh, one. the the bruised eye at yes. the opening. So uh, she w- also worked a lot with Jacques Demy. She was in mm. Lola. Um, mm. She was in I think several other Fellini movies if I remember right. She was married to Albert Finney for a while in the 70s, and mm. that ended when she fell in love with Ryan O'Neill. It, it, she had a string sure. of, of husbands as so well. So she, she was kind of typecast in this uh, movie. A little bit. I mean, you know, she, her, her history with men, you know, it's like, it's a pretty impressive list mm-hmm. of handsome actors. So, you know, go her. Um, <laughs> one of her big regrets in her career that she always stated was uh, she was offered the Faye Dunaway role in Thomas Crown Affair and oh. turned it down. So unfortunately, uh, her her fame never really super yeah. took off, and that probably would have done it. She did get an Oscar nomination um, for being in A Man and a Woman, okay, which is the first Oscar nomination that went to a French language performance. Nice. Mm. So there's so that. There you go. Um. Let's see, who else have we... I mean, we talked about Fellini and uh, Marcello. Marcello. Marcello in the uh, In the, in the eight and a half, half episode. episode. Mm-hmm. So we, we probably don't need to really we don't need re- to retread that. that there. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, we've got the trivia out of the way. So we should yep. go back to final thoughts. Yep, yes. About La Dolce Vita. Why don't we start with our noob on the podcast. Noel, what's your final thought about La Dolce Vita? Well, I don't want to watch it again. Okay. <laughs> Because that would just and and you know we talked about whether or not it's a film that sucks. This film is a literal void that does pull out my spirit. So I do say this film sucks, not in a quality way, mm. but in just emotionally, I feel like I'm being sucked. I need to point out that Melissa has seen this film twice as much as the others of us. Yes, and has uh, grown to hate it more with each viewing. Well. I, I I fell on that sword willingly. I'm <laughs> in the interest of science. Tanya, final thoughts. La Dolce Vita. Just reminding you what movie we saw, in case you've forgotten. I do want to see it again. Mm. On mute. (laughs) Oh. While I'm doing other stuff, so I can just look at the visuals. Like, I've just put it on repeat, kind of like they do it at first app, or like random. So not random, so like the different scenes pop up. Yeah. Yeah. Because the parties are all essentially the same party. Yeah. And it would be interesting to just like scramble all the scenes together and do one of those ten hour long yeah, YouTube videos. Yeah, exactly. Just and it's a, just cycle. What I would love a Tumblr dedicated to gifts from this movie. Ooh, I bet that exists somewhere. Yeah, yeah Tumblr has a lot of gifts. Yeah, it's so but like, yeah, Fellini. So if that counts as watching it again, then that's how I <laughs> want to do it. Right. Okay, Melissa, final thoughts. Um, if you want to really see Celebrity itself, uh, Woody Allen made a movie called Celebrity, which is a New York based version of this movie. 
right? <laughs> I know, right? That's exactly how I feel about that, too. Having seen one of his Ingmar Bergman movies, <laughs> I'd be curious to see his Fellini. Reminds me. We need to, we need, we've got to do a Bergman movie. All right, yes, so... Yes, we do. I've and never also, seen a Bergman movie. So, <laughs> final thoughts. And uh, we, need a, we need to see a Louis Buñuel movie Ooh. at some point, because a much better version of this movie, I feel, is Exterminating Angel. Mm. All right. Well, my final thought about this movie is uh, just that uh, I have now seen two Fellini films and I greatly enjoyed one of them. So, <laughs> so I'm sorry, dear listeners, that I could not provide the devil's advocate point of view. But in fact, I thought this movie was dull and uh, I'm not... <laughs> Not going to watch it again. It's like, it's like the fish they pulled out of the ocean at the end. Yeah, yeah it's just, it just kind of lies there. It all makes sense there. now. So, <laughs> Look, this movie. Uh, Nobody but, thought uh, it smelled, though. But I, I think uh, oh, if you oh. really, if you didn't watch this movie, you know, as, as you know, if you like listen to the opening and then watch the movie as we do, as we encourage you to do mm-hmm. when you're listening to our podcast. If you did that, number one, we're sorry. Number two, <laughs> number two if you didn't do that, um, what I can recommend is uh, there are probably several very fine stills from this film. Mm. Yes, yes. Uh, that, uh, and a Wikipedia synopsis. Yeah, and, and, yeah. and, and yes. a Wikipedia yes. synopsis that may or may not be accurate, but it doesn't it, really matter. It's more brisk. It doesn't really yeah. matter. It, do, um, it won't take you three hours to read. I yeah, think. so yeah. it's it's like one of those old old Doctor Who's where they lost the video, <laughs> and and you know just listen to the audio and look at a couple of pictures, and you'll get the idea. It'll be fine. Um, we got the so, audio, but the soundtrack. So, but if you watch this and enjoy the film, uh, good on you. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, I, I do know people who love this movie, and well, and and yeah. See, this I, movie fascinates me. See. Is it's fascinating. Like, I I, spent, we agree. I know. <laughs> I have spent a considerable amount of my life defending Steven Spielberg's AI, and I will continue to do so. I will I'm join with you, you in this. I will so, join you. So, yes. So, I'm so just, we're going to watch that. At yeah, we got it. We got it. Yes. Okay. Some new person who will be like, "What the fuck is wrong?" With you people? <laughs> but the point is that uh, if you enjoy this movie, uh, good on you. Thank you so much, as always, for listening. I hope that you enjoyed. Uh, the experience of listening to us talk about this film, even if you did not enjoy the film itself. Uh, and I will let you know that next up, we are going to be watching The Man Who Would Be King. Yes, which so, is a much more conventionally entertaining movie. A, a movie that I have seen and can say without hesitation, I enjoyed a lot more than this one. So <laughs> I third that. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> Thank you, Noel, for being here. Thank you, Tanya, for joining us. And we will see you uh, the next time we record one. Well, not see you, but you'll hear us (laughs) the next time we record one of these podcasts. I'll look intently at the microphone and pretend that there's a listener there. Maybe they can listen accompanied to a gift from this movie. So bye. We hope you enjoyed our film fixation. We'll see you next time on A Real Education. Dee, dee, 